Welcome to Critical Ditto. I gave it some whammy there. And when I say whammy, I mean wham, 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 whammy. This is Critical Ditto, a Pokemon roleplay podcast. And I'm Stuart, I'm running the game. I'm a bit nervous tonight. I'm I think tonight is the night we open up about how we're really feeling. Ali, how are you feeling? Well, speaking of whams, Stu, I'm feeling like I have plenty of faith in tonight's episode. It's tenuous, but I'm going to roll with it. I'm playing the part. How are you feeling, Alex? Of... <laughs> I, I, I think he's answered your question, Stu. <laughs> I'm feeling good, mate, because I play the role of Kenny Mullet, and I love playing the role of Kenny Mullet. He's an empathetic yet haunted young man on a quest to find out more about his weird superpowers. On his Pokemon team, he has a Dartrix called Bowtie, newly evolved Gyarados called Moustache. Um, a Spiritoon called Swirly, a Salandit called Hoops, and a Honchcrow that now loves Kenny called Fedora. With us, we have my best friend. Yeah, I said it. David Leavesley. Oh, hello. Okay. <laughs> Didn't get to be chief game designer, but I do get to be Ali's best friend. I couldn't be more happy about this. <laughs> hello, everybody. I'm David. I play the part of Theo. And how am I feeling tonight? Well, like a wham bar, I feel soft, chewy, and available at newsagents the country over. On... <laughs> <laughs> I play Theo, the sardonic former priest of the Church of Sloking and or Slaslo. As always, your mileage may vary depending on what I've said most recently. Um, and on my team, I have, well, we recently have just added a Medicham with no known name, Hillary the Swadloon, Cabbage the Kabuto, a Togekiss, a Barbarical, otherwise known as Brobarical, and a male combi called Jason. And to my side is the mother of my child, Tom Dale. Oh my goodness, I didn't, I didn't know you knew. <laughs> I've just been stealing money from you all this time. <laughs> but at least now you know it was for a good cause. Yes, it's me, Tom. And wham, like Batman punching me in the face, is how I'm feeling right now. Or maybe how you're feeling by this podcast, punching you in the face, but in a good way. Like wham. That, that's my reference. That's my Wham reference. <laughs> I'm playing Brandy, the ex-cheerleader of the Pokemon Champion, on a quest to turn her dad back into a human being from a Celio. On Brandy's team is Wimpy the Lopany, Gary the Skaroopy, Snorleone the Munchlax, the newly named Flower the Meltan, and Dr. Bunnelby. And I'm going to throw it back to Stu, my right foot. And my <laughs> left cheek. <laughs> 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 what diddly did 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 happen last time? Previously on Critical Ditto. Adri and Theo are having a sparring match. Tom, does Adri have Manectric or a different Pokemon? Go! Medicham. Why? Why is Theo chasing the King's Rock? You have these goals, but nobody knows why you're chasing them. What will it take to get you to open up? If I can find the King's Rock finally, I can prove to people that I'm worth something. Why can't you understand that? The only person who's going to tell you that you're worth something is you, Theo. And no rock is going to change that. As you return your gaze, Metatite's form has changed. This Metatite you recognise as your own Metatite. Evolved into a fully accomplished Medicham. But where are the Sephlotzels going to head? We believe that the answer is lie in the King's Rock. This is the only line of thought we currently have. They have moved the third tome to the core. If we don't have the third tome, we can't find the King's Rock. We've been trying to hack into the Slowpoke receivers of the church. I think Theo can do more. So Kanan puts the Slowpoke in the middle of the table and asks Theo to perform the sacred rites. Aisley, Abel Force. Come in, this is Church Command. 
I've just been informed by the core church team that you have not arrived with your prison transport. We've had to kind of stop for the night. It sounds as though we could intercept this cart. We could do it tonight. I totally agree with you. It's me, Tallahassee Bingeworth. I joined the crew on week two. We join Brandy Thea Kenny on the bow of the flash mullet. Can we just make a promise right here, right now, that we're always going to put the three of us first in this? Brandy, if I'm in control of myself, you don't have anything to worry about. And there's no church that rules over me now. It's the three of us, or it's nobody. The Core. A black spot in the region of Formia, where the ground has opened up and swallowed only the darkest of souls. Sitting at the easternmost reaches of the Formia region, nestled amongst the craggiest peaks of the Hitmonlea Mountains, the Core shears its way into the landscape. Rocky mountainsides give way to pebble-dash scree slopes, before perilously rooted trees hide a drop-off into total darkness. Approaching the core, any way other than through the designated entrance, is said to be tantamount to suicide. The core is a terrifying geographical phenomenon, mysterious in origin and dizzying to observe. Some say humanity and Pokémon should have left well enough alone. This vast monstrosity was a warning from the gods, a grim portent of what could happen to the rest of the region should we further upset the natural order. The Pokémon League had other ideas. They saw opportunity. The Corps became an impenetrable prison, owned by the League and run by League-registered trainers, used to house those convicted of the most serious crimes. League trainers, rank B and above, would come to work as guards at the Corps for periods of time, coming for the pay and the chance to challenge arguably the League's most formidable gym leader, Warden Vipen. Also present in the core is a wing of the Church of Slarslow, a chaplaincy for those wishing to find spiritual solace in a place of otherwise irrepressive sorrow. The air around the core is heavy, as if the hole itself were draining the atmosphere around it, like water down a plug hole. It is said that even breathing is difficult in its presence, though whether that can be attributed to anything other than the lump of primal fear welling in the throat of the condemned is difficult to verify. Brandy Theo Kenny, you've spent a month out exploring various avenues, improving yourselves, discovering new things, finding new places, meeting new friends, but we're back. And we're back in a forested area, somewhere just to the west of the core, the biggest and most looming, threatening prison in all of Formia. The bushes that you hide in rustle and chirrup with the cries of various forestry Pokemon. Wormple. You have a mission. On your ship, the Flash Mullet, Theo was able to hack into the Slowpoke communicators of the Church of Slarslow and learned that the Church are increasing their activity at the core prison. 
Presuming this to be something to do with the third tome that you're chasing, you've come to investigate, and possibly attempt to break into the prison and gain access to the church chaplaincy inside. The current plan involves observing and infiltrating a caravan of prisoners that have had to stop for the night due to a Rhyhorn-damaged transport. From the bushes that you crouch in, you see a couple of prisoner transports, the antiquated church caravan containing the acolytes Ainsley and Abelforth, whom Theo overheard back on the ship, and a trainer transport, presumably containing those who are guarding this particular caravan of the incarcerated. Flickering embers and blazing fires are just being extinguished for the night, and the prisoner carts look fully locked and sealed. The moonlight is shining down through the shimmering leaves, and to your right you see the faint glow of the ever-burned tree, which burns continuously, brightly, ever-burningly. <laughs> you are crouched down, and with you, Theo, Brandy, Kenny, and Tallahassee Bingeworth. <laughs> of course. Of course. Brandy, I'm so glad you insisted on your new boyfriend coming with us on this journey. I don't like to leave him alone, especially with uh, Adrian Fermontsk up there or Calico. I can't remember. I can't remember who we're in the open relationship with. You don't. You don't need. You don't. You don't. Hmm. What's Tallahassee's voice? Did he have a voice? Southern. He's a Southern bear. Is he a Southern man? Oh, very good. Oh, so he's a bit of a. His name a is charming. Tallahassee Bingeworth. <laughs> How did you think it was anything well, else? A name is Tom. You could say it like my name is Tallahassee Bingeworth, or you could be like a New York man. I'm a Tallahassee Bingeworth. You've proven oh, yeah. right there that you can't. You can't do it. Well, it's a Tallahassee Bingeworth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're only proving my point here, Stu. <laughs> All right, my name, my name, oh, my name and so much of my costume has already been filled out in my mind. <laughs> I can see the snakeskin boots, yep. the buckle on my belt, and the three buttons pop down on my collar. Ooh, hello. I, I tip my ten-gallon hat to you all. Brandy, you don't need to worry about nothing, my sweet. What I get up to in my free time is my Tallahassee business, and what you get up to is your Tallahassee business. That is what we agreed upon. But I'm so glad that you've brought me down on this escapade. I don't need you to read the contract that I signed when I agreed to go out with you again every time we go out anyway. I can. I can get through it. It was about uh, 13 pages. Let me just skip to a random one here. Item B, number section 16. I, Tallahassee Bingeworth, promise not to leave three rooms with my cute tight buns in one day. Save Brandy has to look at all three. And I, I have I have bidden forth to that agreement. I've walked out of many rooms backwards, have I not, Brandy? To save you. To save you from the side of my, my, my very tight, distressed jeans and the buttocks there within. That's, that is extremely too Tallahassee. And I don't want to... I love I love talking to you right now. I love it. You know I do. I love being here. That's what I'm saying. It's a very exciting time for me. I should probably be a bit quieter, I'm sure. Are we having this conversation hiding in the bushes? Oh, very yeah. much so, you see, Mr. Matt. Uh, yes, yes. I'm sure Theo and Kenny love having you here as well, Tallahassee. Oh, I couldn't hate it more. Couldn't hate it more. I'm just going to say that I'm noting some, uh, some aggression from this individual. They're like that with everyone. I I don't want to make it seem like this is just a general feeling, though, because you are quite annoying. I mean, Univans, am I right? We are literally on a spying mission. We're trying to do something very covert, and we have been caught out many, many times in the act of espionage because of loud people we don't like very much. So I please beg of you, please, if you could just shut up. And maybe take off the hat. I just think it's a bit big. It's a bit obvious right now. I can do one or I can do the other. Tallahassee, you're pretty sure I saw you pack your spying hat. When we were still on the, the ship, why didn't you put your spying hat on? That's true, babe. Why aren't you wearing your spying hat? 
Tallahassee puts on a 20 gallon hat, which oh. has a small telescope at the top. Kenny, why? Does anybody want to look through my spine hat? I've got a little, I got a little viewfinder in the back. I'm assuming Brandy doesn't want to use that because my buns are very nearby to the viewfinder. But if anyone else wants to take a little peek, sleek, sneaky peek down there, I'm very welcome to it. I guess if anyone wanted to check a place out, that would be a good way to do it. I'll give you a plus one, if you know what I'm saying. You know I love a novelty hat. I will happily wear this hat. Oh, no, no, no. I'm I'm wearing the hat. You're just looking through my... So, uh... so you're wearing the hat and I'm ah, yeah. looking through your hat. No, I think he's suggesting that there's an iPad attachment where you can see what the hat sees on a small screen. Like a hat drone. Exactly. <laughs> Except yes. it doesn't move. Only he moves. <laughs> yes. There's a small attachment. You can uh, you can sort of give me little little instructions through an earpiece as well. Are you a robot? <laughs> no, little man. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? And he gives you a little wink. A little cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> Bra- Brandy, I see what you see in him. Could I now just take this moment to apologise to David and, and Ali for uh, for introducing Tallahassee <laughs> in the last episode that I did not think that he, he would get such traction in Stuart's I, I don't palace. know what you mean this is uh, this is very much how I intended to start the season absolutely Tom Tom you reap what you sow my friend if we had a Patreon subscriber for every character Tom immediately regretted introducing <laughs> we would we would literally have bought a recording studio <laughs> yes. Brandy all I'm saying is you're the one who begged me to come down here oh, I don't know why <laughs> I don't know why you you seemed very I? uncomfortable. Yeah, you you were you you were we were back in the cabin. You were saying to me, you were saying, I'm I'm not sure about this Tallahassee. I'm feeling I'm feeling nervous. Yeah, I mean, I'm a bit worried. You know, we're trying to we're trying to break into what I would describe as the most looming place in all of Formia. So that's a scary thing to do. So you know what? I actually think the more the merrier. I know Theo would agree, would disagree. Sorry, would completely disagree with the idea of Correct. Uh, yep, more yep, yep. people involved. Yeah, yep, but yep. Um, personally, I think it's nice to have a little bit of you know safety because Tallahassee. We're obviously in a relationship and have been for at least a week. I trust you, Brandy. I love it when you say stuff like that. And Tallahassee grabs Brandy and gives her a big kiss. And it's a big passionate kiss. He sweeps her into his arms and sort of like scoops her down into a, a, a reclining position and gives her a big smooch. As they are mid-smooch, Kenny just rotates the hat on top of Tallahassee's head and whilst it's pointing towards the group of prisoners, looks through to check a place out. Okay, great. Roll plus sharp, please, Kenny. So did you say I got a plus one to this, Stu, for using the hat? <laughs> I huh? said it in jest, but yes. Yeah, yes, you sure. <laughs> it's also, uh, also, Kenny, instead of rolling plus sharp, rolls plus weird because of the weird insight feat that he has. Which makes it uh, plus two to weird. So with the plus one is actually a plus three. So hopefully this will be good. But we will see. First roll of season three. And it's a ten. That's a Ooh. five and a two oh. plus a three. So it's a ten. Excellent. So we're going to get two questions season to ask. Season three, you can stay. What happened here recently? What is about to happen? What Pokemon is nearby? What should I be on the lookout for? What here is useful or valuable to me? Who what is really in control here? What here is not what it appears to be? there was one where you were reading it and I was like that's going to be one of them and then I immediately forgot it and then you forgot it <laughs> that's, that's a very Kenny thing to do though 
Yeah, I get the feeling Kenny would just ask a question that's not on the list. Just like, <laughs> what is that guy's favourite ice cream? <laughs> Are we outside? <laughs> What's the time? <laughs> um. <laughs> Ali, I genuinely don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> That is a game-breaking question right now. If you were to say, what's the date and time? Stu would have a huge... Implosion. I'd have an aneurysm. All we know is that we are we are a month forward from X. Yes. A- X plus month. Stu has established in the past that we are in autumn, so we are encroaching on winter, my friends. Did I say that? Oh, it's getting chilly. Let's go with what should I be on the lookout for and what here is not what it appears to be. Kenny, what should you be on the lookout for? I think whilst you are looking into this 20-gallon telescopic hat, something starts to call to you. It's not something that you necessarily see through the viewfinder. It's more of a spiritual calling, and it feels hot. The glow of the ever-burned tree, Kenny, which is not 40 paces to your side, in amongst the undergrowth. The ever-burned tree, which, as Formian residents you would know, is a relic which sits unassuming to the west of the core prison, but is a hallmark to, some say, the original days of poker powers. It's said to be something that was struck by the lightning of one of the first poker-powered users and has carried on burning to this day. And, Kenny, being within the proximity of this ever-burned tree, you, you hear something, you feel something calling you. It's a voice. You can't tell whose voice this is or exactly what it's saying, but you do know that it's telling you to come to the tree. The tree wants to commune with you. Okay, bye guys. I'm after to talk to the tree. Oh, what was brilliant. your question? <laughs> which which one did you just answer? <laughs> that was what. What should I be on the lookout for? Oh, I feel like that can apply to either of them actually. Okay, what here is not what it appears to be. Maybe you see someone who looks supposedly like a Pokemon League trainer, a guard, a part of this caravan. But you actually see them bidding goodnight to their fellow guards, their fellow Pokemon trainers in the tents. And it looks like they're sneaking off towards the prisoner carts and they're looking around. They're checking to their left. They're checking to their right. They're making sure no one is following them. They're heading towards the prisoner caravan, looking suspicious, looking like they're not going to go and take a night watch, if you know what I mean. Kenny goes, Theo, I don't know why, but I'm I'm just going to check out that big burning tree but I feel like you should keep an eye uh, on that guard there the one with the purple mohawk ooh notable yes yeah inconspicuous in this group of famous punk rock S-class trainers so uh, <laughs> you know I, I love a mystical tree as much as anybody Kenny but you go you go over to that flora oh I will tell you all about it I promise oh, thank Slowking. I'm gonna go track a punk rocker Maybe having an affair with a prisoner. Stor- normal day. Normal day. Okay. Um. Brandy, Brandy and Tallahassee. We're just gonna. Um. Mm. If you guys mm. wanna. Yeah. Oh, we. Um, we. I'll any... keep an. I'll keep a watch. I'll keep a lookout. I'll keep my position, and I'll be able to help in either situation. And Tallahassee, you're gonna stay very much put, as you don't have any Pokemon, and you very much are. Oi, Candy. You know, I'm very much the the powerful person in in our relationship. Not like the relationship I had with Gary Smoke, where I felt like not the powerful person. I've decided that perhaps I've gone with a relationship in which the power roles are completely reversed. What you're saying is that you wear the distressed jeans in this relationship. I do, I do. and Brandy, I'm glad you've put, done that because now Brandy's new clothes for the new arc are jeans. <laughs> That's the one thing. Just all jeans. <laughs> is she is she double denim in the whole time through the arc? <laughs> 
Yes. Yep. She's double, double denim. This is the double denim season three. Let's get serious. I don't on. think it's. I don't think that's bad. No. I think that looks pretty cool. Have you done anything to your hair? It's long, but it's tied up now in just a sensible ponytail because she's feeling powerful. Sensible ponytail, double denim. Whilst whilst we're on the subject of outfits, has anyone else got any clothing changes they want to that they've you know you've had a month you've had a month to re wardrobe? Uh, I'm going to say that for this particular mission, Theo is in a full Regency morning suit made of camouflage. <laughs> <laughs> of course, David Leavesley throwing down. A gigantic gauntlet to the fan artist. Release <laughs> the <laughs> fan art. There's somebody out there who loves drawing androgynous tailoring. We all know it. I'm just here to to fill that void. And if not, by God, we'll pay them to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and in a very much the opposite trend, Kenny, taking inspiration as he tends to do from his Pokemon, looked at Swirly the Spiritomb dug among the recesses of the ship and found a tie-dye t-shirt and it was like that looks a lot like swirly i'm gonna wear this love it so you're kind of a 60s hippie kenny vibe oh yeah with all the rest of the stuff like the fedora and the bangles and the bow tie and all uh, all the other stuff i think it's a pretty hip look i'm liking these outfits guys i'm digging them i'm is, is that cool kenny is that what you're saying is this is, uh, is it hip is it cool am i digging it yes i've gone into general phillips there it is I, i've slipped into the 70s there babe oh disco staying alive <laughs> baby whoopsie general phillips you know i love our nighttime chats where you discuss my clothes but general phillips did we did we somehow agree to some kind of con- contractual minimum episode guarantee because you seem to appear a lot, and it's starting to get I think suspicious. We've just to me. discovered that he is my default voice. I think every, I'm putting this on. All right. If I relaxed, if I relaxed, I'd just do this, baby. This is what I, this is what I want to speak like day to day. But I have to, you know, for the for the goodness of society, I have to put this on, which is tough. It's really draining. I think the way we work into our podcast is uh, General Phillips really loves voice notes. So just every time we go on our phone, we've just got a collection of voice notes left over. Oh, from oh here's Phillips. the thing, Kenny. I don't think you've received a voice note for a while <gasps> from General Phillips. When was when was the last time you received a voice note from General Phillips? You're right, Stu. That was a good 22 days ago. 22? Oh, my goodness. What was... Oh, here's exciting. What was the last voice note you received from General Phillips? Kenny, baby, I've been thinking about those wardrobe discussions. I love them, baby. I love discussing what you're going to put on your feet. Your socks are good. Wear them like socks. But I was just having second thoughts about the tie-dye. I'm thinking maybe plain black with the bow tie would look super... Oh, there's uh, somebody at my door, Kenny. I'll just, I'll, I'll finish this off afterwards. Panned out of Kenny's feet and he's not wearing his shoes, just socks. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we go to Kenny at the Everburn first, seeing as we're there? Yeah, good idea. Kenny, you approach this tree, this artifact, this landmark. It's not a small tree. It definitely doesn't look like the other trees that are in this forest. <laughs> Sorry. What, you mean all the other trees aren't constantly aflame? Yeah, Stu, it's weird. Yesterday, <laughs> this is a different tree. No, I'm actually talking about the genus of the tree. <laughs> there may, may be a lot more sycamores than this oak tree is actually what I'm trying to imply. Well, Kenny, as a, as a famous botanist, would know that. <laughs> exactly. See, I'm trying to tailor this descriptive information to you, Kenny. This tree, absolutely, as you would say, Kenny, your botanist skills are very, are very sharp in this moment. And you notice that the other trees around here are deciduous. And this tree is coniferous. 
I know what that means. And, and as we know, because we're approaching winter, the, the deciduous are losing their leaves <laughs> and the coniferous is keeping their leaves. And it's also on fire. Is that why it's called decidui? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, mate. Whoa. Mind blown. I should get into botany. So should Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> So should Ali. <laughs> I think some part of Kenny knows that he should release Dartrix for this. How's Dartrix feeling at the moment, Ali? How's the month off been for Dartrix? Well, Dartrix was very stressed with the with the musical stew. She was, uh, you know, <laughs> Bo Bowtie put a lot of time into that. And Dartrix, 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 Dartrix. I mean, as 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 we've learn your lines, <laughs> Dartrix. So uh, yeah, maybe maybe Dartrix is looking a bit more haggard than at the at the start of the month. Dartrix has been directing. I, I sort of yeah, yeah yeah. So Dartrix is looking a little tired, a little haggard from the the musical production. But like knows deep down that actually it was worth it. Like creatively, what everyone got when they saw it was worth all the stress. Is that what Dartrix said in the program notes? Yeah, but obviously Kenny just read Dartrix, 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 Dartrix. <laughs> but the other Pokemon like wiped away tears. Is Dartrix in like that warm after show glow? of like a successful performance done they've had the after show party i was going to say when you say warm after show glow tom do you mean three three bottles of vodka down at yeah. the after show oh, party oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah there was a lot of fermented hyper potion at the party there was a, a lot of fermented hyper potion oh my goodness but yes this tree kenny it's burning it's a it's a famous landmark in formia it's tucked away it's not in a place that people tend to visit so much but it is one of those iconic places that a Formian resident would know, the Everburn tree. So it's quite something to see this this place in the flesh. It burns with this mystical fire. It doesn't catch any of the leaves on any of the, the other trees. It just stays constant in this place and it glows. It swells. How much heat is actually emanating from it? No heat. Yeah, I knew you'd say that. Zero heat, my man. <laughs> You're as cold as a cucumber, especially with no shoes. <laughs> There's a statue next to it. David, what is the statue next to the Everburn tree. Who does it depict? The statue next to the Everburn tree depicts one of the pantheon of Ur-Poker-powered people, as was previously described by your by your myth. And there is somebody who is seen as like a fire Poker-powered person. It's not even like a particular Pokemon. It's almost like the original Poker-powered people were just type by type. So there was a person who was this kind of the fire poker-powered person. And that is the person sort of represented sort of Promethean. Yeah, so they're almost Olympic gods. Yeah. Oh, cool. What's their design? What's their most distinctive feature to this person? They are carrying a brazier in one hand that looks oddly like a Galarian Rapidash's horn. And from it is a huge whirling inferno of fire. Amazing. And other, other than that, it's as I'm getting this Greek sculpture-esque Oh, physique. completely naked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, completely nude. But with another Galarian Rapidash horn carefully placed. <laughs> <laughs> A Galarian ponytail horn carefully placed. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, what is the name of this iconic mythical figure? Their name is Gratuitous Candle. Gratuitous Candle. Yep, that's their okay. name. The Everflame, Gratuitous Candle. Oh, so they've got a subtitle. Yep, the Everflame. Gratuitous candle, the Everflame. That's yep. fun. That's fun. Okay, so Kenny, this is what you see. You see a statue. It's shrine-like. Those who have made the pilgrimage will have placed offerings, their own long-burning candles, little messages. Did you say I heard voices? You do hear voices. As you get closer to the Everburn tree, that voice seems to merge together, and it does seem to take on words. Kenny, come closer, Kenny. Just two steps closer, Kenny. Oh. Two steps closer and we can fully 
fully bridge the connection. Like, like this way? Just... There. No, you've no, you've stepped to the side there, oh, Kenny. Oh, sorry. So when I say closer, I just mean, Classic. I just see, I, I just mean to. It's not going to burn you, Kenny. Don't be what afraid. What if I could I lean? No, you want to step? That's that's a very iconic statue, Kenny. Don't don't lean against the statue. Oh, Kenny. It pretty rocks, doesn't it? Look, if I push it too hard, yes, it goes no, right over. Yeah, that, there's no foundation. There is no foundation in that, Kenny. Just step to. That's it. That's there it. There we go. Oh, it's 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 not as burning hot as I thought it would be. Kenny, as you get within the proximity of the tree the flames of the tree burn and lick and dance and swirl together a human form takes shape in front of you in the fire and this form is wearing flip-flops and a sarong and has white hair oh not again oh my word straight away season three big boss here we go oh oh i'm ready remember when i said tallahassee bingeworth didn't have a pokemon i actually meant uh, he had a uh, uh, <laughs> Kenny, it's good to see you. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. F- f- Fran. No, um... It's, you remember from... Um, f- from the, uh... From, fr- from the Sephiroth tree. Grey? We met briefly. It's Frey, Kenny. Frey! Yes! I'm terrified of you. Yes, it's all coming back now. Yes. Wait, wait, you're, you're terrified of me? Why? Um, you... What have I done to terrify you, Kenny? Well, you were talking to Andros, and then Andros went into a coma. Um, I've seen you around other poker-powered people, and they've exploded into poisonous gas. You're quite a mysterious person, and you're connected to my poker powers, which also scare me. I apologise. Perhaps I have been working too much in the shadows recently, and if I've done anything to cause you fear or apprehension, I can only apologise. My interaction with Andros did not go as I anticipated, I admit, but there is a place for Andros in the future, I I promise you. I'm not saying I haven't made mistakes, but they're all with the best of intentions, Kenny. I mean, we're allies, after all. Are we? Of course. You want the same thing as I, do you not? The protection and defence of people with poker powers. I mean, yeah, I suppose I do want that. I am looking to understand these poker powers and to stop the people persecuting us from inflicting pain. You've seen it, Kenny. You've seen what this region has become. You've seen how they're treating people like us. Do you know, Kenny, what is happening in that prisoner car? Not 50 metres from us. Not in that car, no, I don't. If you could tell me, that would, you know, actually go a long way into helping us with our mission. It's full of poker powers, Kenny. Oh, cool. I should go and introduce myself. They're, they're incarcerated, Kenny. Do you not understand? Do you not see what is happening? You, you don't see what we have to fight against, Kenny. I've been impressed with you. What you did with Elisa and the Dorient Express. What you managed to achieve against Team Nautilus. I knew it in the Sephiroth tree, but this has only confirmed it. There's something special about you, Kenny. How do you know what I did on that tr- train? You weren't there. Wasn't I? She steps away and outsteps Meowstic Lady into the flame as well. Ah, now your name I definitely didn't get. This is Elaine. Hi Elaine, I'm Kenneth Mullet. Elaine looks as if she's going to speak, but Frey stops her and just ushers her back and she disappears out of the flames. I picked up Elaine from the train. I was there the whole time. So Elaine was on the train? Elaine was on the train. Was she in pain? She was in terrible pain. Well, But all the same. What did she gain? From being on the train in pain. If anything, it was just a game. Oh, that's insane! 
Remain calm, Kenny. <laughs> Stop this! Stop this now! Stay in your lane, Tom. <laughs> this is my scene. <laughs> Elaine told me what happened on the train. She told me about how she was persecuted for her powers. How they tried to imprison her in a cage above lava. This thing is happening all over the region, Kenny. It's happening right now. These innocent poker-powered people are being taken to the core prison simply for being who they are. This is not a time for us poker-powered people to be on our own, Kenny. It's a time for us to stand together, to stand united, and to fight this oppression together. Do you not agree? I agree that I don't want poker-powered people being oppressed, which should be a tongue twister, by the way, but I don't know if fighting is ever the right thing to do, which is ironic, considering this is a Pokemon podcast. Really? Kenny, what did you do to Calico in the Sephiroth tree? What did you do to the grunts on the train? Did you not fight them? Did you not battle them? Well, defending yourself is different. Ah, well there lies the key, Kenny. Because if we are oppressed, then us fighting back is defending ourselves, And you cannot argue with that. Well, what do you want me to do? I want you to join me, Kenny. You're clearly powerful. You're clearly gifted. I don't know what you're doing on your own, but surely you're seeking answers to do with poker powers. Maybe these are answers that I can provide. I need you to see someone. Sorry, I actually have a shrink. It's a little, <laughs> little rabbit. This time from the flame, the flames dance and flicker and conjure Andros. Oh, hi, Andros. Andros looks to Frey as if asking permission, and this time Frey doesn't stop Andros. She beckons him forward, and he takes two flamey footsteps towards you, the flames dancing on the ground beneath you, the withered leaves from the autumnal air, not burning, just crisping, just crunching slightly under his weight. Kenny, it's good to see you. You too. Are you okay? I'm great. Where are you? I'm with Frey. She's taught me a lot. I feel now so much stronger than I did before in the tree. I was going to give up, Kenny. I was going to stay as I was, but Frey showed me a different way. She's helped me, Kenny. Maybe she can help you. Maybe. But, um, Frey said I was on my own, trying to find these answers, and she was wrong. I'm not on my own. I, I have my own team, and... I'm going to say this, I trust them so, so, so much more than I will trust her. I already have people that are helping me and finding answers. And one of those people told me that it's not my responsibility to save the world. I've just got to do the one right thing, one one step after the other. And look, I'm happy if you're feeling better, Andros. I don't know anything right now. What I do know is that I can rely on the people that have saved my life on multiple occasions. I don't know what you want me to do. I can't just leave my friends. I'm not gonna do that. Right now, I think I need to focus on the next right thing. And the next right thing is, we believe in that prison. Frey steps forward. Kenny, the thing that's most on my mind right now is not what's in that prison. It's the people who are going into that prison. It's the people in those prisoner cars right now. I want them out of those prisoner cars. If you believe in what you say you believe, you should want them out too. I'm not gonna disagree. I do want them out of those cars. I might not trust exactly why you want it, but at least we can agree on 
helping people with poker powers. So, what do you have in mind? How can we help them? You have to fight, Kenny. Any poker-powered person you leave behind is a blot against your soul and against your people. Now, I don't know what friends you have with you, but they're not poker-powered. And whatever they say, they don't really understand what it's like, like we do. And there will come a time, Kenny, may not be today, may not be tomorrow, but there will come a time where they will disappoint you. Oh, that happens day to day, actually. You should taste Theo's cooking. You should see Tallahassee Bingeworth. <laughs> where they will make a decision that goes against what you understand in your soul. Maybe, but a decision that one of those people made saved Elaine's life. I think they're pretty cool. And if you don't have any real help for the in the immediate future, then um, I think I'm going to step out of the tree. I think our paths will cross again, Kenny. Oh, I have no doubt. You can sort of infiltrate magic trees, so... It's true. It's true, Kenny. We can do things. You can do things. It would just be nice to have a bit of control, wouldn't it? And the flame disappears, dissipates, and returns into the tree. Dartrix? Dartrix? I still don't trust her. Dartrix, Dartrix. Dartrix takes her wing up to your face, Kenny. And she looks into your eyes, and she's tired. She's haggard. And she looks into your eyes, Kenny, and you're tired. And she can see the bags under your eyes, the dark circles that have been there for years. And she looks at them as if to say, aren't you tired, Kenny? Wouldn't it be great to just to just fix this already? Yeah, but um, it's not how life works. You can't just snap your fingers and expect miracles to happen. Look, watch what happens when I snap my fingers. Right, I'm going to roll 2d6. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez Louise. Kenny uses metronome. Of course I'm tired, Bowtie. Tatrix. Should we just pocket this for now and discuss it some other time? Dartrix. Cool. I don't have pockets, but yes. You have po- Oh, you don't have pockets? No. What? What are all those leaves for, then? Uh, this is, Kenny, this is my way of, of telling you to stop putting lollipops in my face. <laughs> Kenny plucks out a lollipop, sticks in his mouth, and turns around. Great scene. <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? See that? Oh. Tom, no, sit down. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> two ideas. Oh, two ideas. <laughs> Is this secretly the midsection, and is this the most meta med- midsection we've ever done? That we're just going to introduce what, so the opening... us trying to decide which of two midsections we're going to do. You're right, and here we are. That's what we went for. Um, <laughs> today's midsection comes from Sky Adamzich. Adamzich, Adamzich. I'm apologies. I'm probably getting that completely wrong. Sky, I'm going to be honest with you. I completely messed up on my emails, and this has been in the box since. July, August 2019. So we're getting oh, back. Gosh. The thing is, and I'm going oh, to. Oh, Sky, going, we're so sorry. I'm yeah, going yeah, did to. Did you think Sky is still listening after this level of slight? <laughs> yeah. We named a whole arc after you, Sky. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, Sky, here we go. Uh, Sky writes I got an idea for a theme trainer. Originally based on the Future Girl trainer class, my character has a Flash Gordon aesthetic with a team of aliens. Behem, Clefable, Minior and technological Pokemon. Porygon, Rotom, Magnazone, and possibly Clinklang. And that's it. That's what Sky wrote. Now, can you remember who we decided this was? There's one big no. clue. There's one big clue. Space. Is it is it a meet is it Meteor? Is it one of the first four? One of the Elite Four. It is one of the first four. This was Alana Flash. 
who we named cool. as part of the interview. White hair. And I'm going to say it, Sky. Your character has become a lot more interesting because we named Alana Flash. And we have recently learned that there is a character called Cassius Flash and that Brandy's last name is also Flash. So your characters. So I Brandy's an alien. So Brandy is an alien. Brandy's or an alien. Possibly from a <laughs> or a I'm a sort of mix of both. But for those who don't remember, Alana Flash was one of the first four. So when the team of Kenny, Brandy and Theo went to the Pokemon League, they read a whole exhibit about the first four and how they stopped a meteor 50 years ago from hitting Formia. And they were dubbed the four strongest trainers in the entire region, along with Nero. This is the test. A-bomb. A-bomb. And pour one out for... Gordo. Gordo. Gordo, Gordo didn't come back. Gordo. Gordo didn't come back. Gordo didn't come back from the meteor. So we flesh, we're fleshing out Alana right now. Al- yeah. We're Tell fleshing out the flash. flash. <laughs> um, the question is, how did she become one of the most strong trainers in Formia then? She is someone who is obsessed with the idea that aliens exist and is sort of slowly gathering proof of that. And in that exploration has discovered alien Pokemon, technologically advanced Pokemon, which makes sense if they stopped a meteor. How did they get there? She was the only one able to build a rocket. So well, we know the okay. Clefairies have a spaceship because we have seen that in the TV show. So maybe the Clefable just happen to have one. <laughs> the first four were gathered around, be like, we have to stop this meteor. How are we going to do it? And then this Clefable turned up and uh, we just popped out the ball, be like, could always just use my spaceship. That's never happened before. <laughs> yeah. It sort of yeah, makes sense. <laughs> Has Alana Flash spoken about what went down on the meteor? How long ago was this whole meteor thing? Are they still alive? They're alive. Are they, she's just enjoying enjoying in her retirement, surrounded yeah. by... Possibly a child. Possibly Maybe. a child. In Cassius Flash. So that would make her Brandy's grandmother? Yes, it would. Yes. Great grasping of family ties, Ali. That's so really suddenly, impressive. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly, it's not that Brandy's becoming Pokemon champion by her own willpower. It's that it's in her blood and it was destiny all along. Like so any just, good anime. <laughs> are we just saying that Critical Ditto is the story about a woman who had it in her family lineage that she was going to be in a position of power. And she's yeah. roped in a bunch of friends to achieve what was already her birthright. Yeah. It's just a story about privilege. That's all this yes. is. It's a story yes. about... I call it Naruto, but it's a girl this time. How about that? <laughs> unless, unless Alana Flash has been disgraced. One of the other first four, like, spread lies about her. So maybe Nero or A-Bomb started rumours that uh, that Alana Flash was actually trying to sabotage the rescue mission. Ooh. Because she was so obsessed with alien technology and they found, like, I don't know, a home of aliens on the meteor, right? Nero is travelling Formia doing their one-person show about their <laughs> meteor experience. <laughs> of course experience. they are. Um, I can't so, believe we've forgotten that. <laughs> yeah, so, so you know, Nero's like 75, still pulling out their musical version of the meteor. So in that musical version, maybe there's this whole section about how... Al- maybe Alana Flash is the bad guy in the musical. Mm. <gasps> Whoa. So everyone hates Alana Flash. Yeah, Brandy could never relate to that. <laughs> Where do you think Alana Flash, 75-year-old Alana Flash, has ended up? Well, she arrested oh. and taken to the core. Oh, my God, that's Ooh. dark. Whoa. Whoa. She tried to, she tried to bomb Formia with a meteor. That feels littering, <laughs> destroying with a meteor. It's so so was, was Alana Flash. Alana Flash was the first ever incarcerated prisoner in the core. Yes. Oh, well, yeah, mate. Cool. She she's got all that technology. They had to keep her somewhere safe. They couldn't just put her in in a jail. They couldn't put her in the Pyrenal Spire. <laughs> like <laughs> she can't have forever. She can't have cheese toasties on tap. That's not yeah. what she doesn't deserve. That. 
maybe the <laughs> core, because it's obviously a hollow space in the ground, maybe when the meteor was destroyed, a chunk of the meteor did hit Formia, and the crater from that is what the core was built to be. Ooh, if it started that's after good. that. That's good. That's cool. And so it was poetic justice that she was incarcerated inside, yeah. I think she does contest what happened up there. Yeah, I think, is Nero a trustworthy source? That's the story, is that she the turned on the other four. A-bomb is famously silent. Nero has spun this tale. Gordo's not there to repute it. Oh my god, why isn't? Why didn't Gordo come back? Maybe, uh, maybe Nero... Maybe maybe Nero needed to silence Gordo. I think that's a question for Nero's second vignette. <laughs> vignette on Nero. Sorry, all the people waiting with your uh, character NPCs. We're just going to go back to another one because we we just need to we need to rethread. This also opens up the question of how did Cassius become so successful? Like, if you are the child of Alana Flash, the most hated person in Formia. Maybe that explains why Cassius Flash isn't really that bothered about saving people and doing other sort of things like that you know because he knows that no matter how big you get you can become the best trainer and everyone can still turn on you and throw you in prison thank you sky and if you have another idea or an idea previously that we've already mentioned and want it to be reweaved into the narrative email us at critical ditto at gmail.com so how are we getting out of this what about this i'm shaking my head is that anything that could be a st- an end shaking your head would work famously well on a podcast <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we've learned how it works after all these years. <laughs> oh. Who's that Pokemon? See that? It's Cedar. Theo. You've been keeping an eye on this purple mohawked punk rock trainer who's been sneaking around the prisoner cars. You're next to Brandy and Tallahassee Bingeworth, but what do you do? In Theo's mind, Theo knows that they need to keep an eye and make sure that whatever this purple-haired person is doing is, is above board. But also, if they are sneaking around the prison cars, is maybe a useful person to kind of latch onto in a way. And so Theo is going to use a poker power that they have not yet used and use Minimize to hide (gasps) on the poker-powered person's shoulder. You're going to do an Ant-Man! I'm going to do an Ant-Man! Minimize! Oh, that's so cool! Are you minimizing within the bushes that you're already in and attempting to kind of run run towards the prisoner cars tiny? Or are you going to try and get to the prisoner cars and then minimize? Theo is a fast runner, but I do think it's probably better to get near, nearer to him. Or, or them. I don't know the gender identity of this purple-haired person, but uh, I think Theo is going to get near and then sort of scoot around from sort of general vicinity of prison cart onto purple-haired person's clothes. Let's say that this upcoming role, which will be... Uh, is it a power play? Is it a power play move yes. to minimise? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it will be a power play, but it might incorporate the, the stealthy element of you getting close yeah. enough as well, depending on how it right. goes. Theo, as a note, just for game design, can only do... Because Theo needs materials to like gotcha. actually do them, so can't just use general poker powers on a whim. Okay, here's an interesting question then, because we never actually we never delved into Kanan's methods for the minimizing. What are the elements that you need for the minimize process? So I think that what I was thinking on my way to the toilet earlier um, is that TMI? Who's to say? <laughs> um, is that Theo from their bandolier extracts the crushed lenses of a venonat's eyes? And uh, maybe let's say they've been turned into a lozenge because I don't want to use the candle for everything. So a lozenge made of the crushed lenses of a venonat's eyes. 
puts it on their tongue and swallows. Shall we roll? I'd love nothing more, Stu. So this is 2d6 plus, because Theo has um, the power to roll sharp for powers, rather than weird. Um, and Theo, as a result of levelling up over the month, is now a plus three in sharp. So if this fails, well, I've done I've done everything wrong. Right, 2d6 plus three. Shablam! Oh! Theo gets an 11, baby! Yeah! Oh! Okay, do you say anything to Brandy and Tallahassee before you go, or do you just kind of go? Theo turns to say something, maybe a withering remark, looks at them and just goes, eh, you know what, wrong crowd, and uh, just just hops away. (laughs) Theo, you dart out of the bushes into the exposed space around the prisoner cars, but you are like a spirit. You are a ghost. You use the, the burning smoke and the embers of the nearby campfires to hide yourself. And just as you get close enough, you take this small lozenge that you've had with you, pop it in, swallow it down. And how does this process feel? Is it excruciating or is it relatively painless? I think sometimes it can be painful, but with an 11, I'm going to say this is a perfectly seamless process and that Theo is just running and then suddenly their footsteps are covering less and less ground, and the ground is bigger and bigger and bigger. So what just seemed like sprinting is now covering what was a footstep seconds before. I like to think that, that Theo added a little bit to the recipe. So it does hurt normally if it's just a normal um, crushed venonet lens into a lozenge. But Theo added a little bit of cinnamon. Something <laughs> Mr. E showed me back in the day. Cinnamon solves yeah. all pains. <laughs> cinnamon. Theo, you sneak behind one of these prisoner cars, and... You are minimised to the point that you can leap onto part of the machinery of this car just as this punk rock purple mohawk person rinds the corner and you take a second, you steal yourself and even in your minimised form, your big powerful legs push off, leap like a spring, like a spoink spring onto the belt of this character. It's a spiky belt. It's a spiky punk rock belt and you climb the little spikes on the belt. (laughs) A punk rock belt. And you just perch sat on the belt for now. This is an 11, so I mean, you could choose where you want to be I on the person if you a, want to be elsewhere. Yeah. The midriff of a human being is definitely where Theo wants to be. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Valley. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> okay, so you're, you are on this belt. We'll come back to you. Brandy and Tallahassee, what's going on? Are you still macking out? What's happening? Uh, I think we've stopped because Brandy looked around to see what Theo was doing and then suddenly lost sight of Theo. Oh, you've, uh, you've stopped. Uh, yeah, because we're meant Normally to be- we go on for another six minutes or so. Yes, Tallahassee, I know. In the contract, you said, I will not kiss you for less than four minutes. And I think we've only done 3.37. Are we sure this is okay? We'll add it on to the next time. An addendum. Exactly. There's, I think there's a clause in the contract that says anything that happens outside of contract can just be added in later into the contract. So That sounds like a watertight contract. <laughs> well done, Brandy. Well, well done writing that up. <laughs> but yes, we were here to keep an eye on Theo and Kenny, but Kenny seems to be engulfed in flames over there, and, uh, and Theo's gone. What Brandy wants to do is, I think, is going to continue on as the surveillance team wait for her moment to see if things go bad or go good listen brandy i'm very cool to stay here of course 
I fear me going out there or anything like that would be a... Well, of course, Tallahassee, you're a very, you're very, you've got brittle bones. We know this about you. You're a very attractive, your body seems so hard and yet you're so soft to the touch. I just want to make sure that you're okay staying in the bushes. I mean, feel like this is, I just want to make sure this is not a decision born from uh, a lack of confidence. Oh, don't you worry. Look, I've been training with Professor Honey, Asta, Theo, Kenny. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling confident at this point. But the thing is, what I've also learned, Tallahassee, is to have confidence in, in holding back for a minute because I usually go in gung ho. So I'm trying to, and as he, she's speaking, she's sort of going a bit more worried and nervous. All right. So it, her body language is telling of a, a lack of confidence, even if her words are not. Kind of doesn't want to ruin the plan. I think she's very fixed on the plan. Brandy, you are a crucial member of this team. You don't forget that. And Tallahassee just gives you a squeeze. Thank you, Tallahassee. That was actually... That does make me feel better. Do you want to watch with me, or... Should we get that Should we get that last 13 seconds of kissing in? I, I would love to watch with you, Brandy, but in the contract it stipulates that I, I have to look away from you every 32 seconds, so I'm not sure if I can look in the same direction. Yeah, we can't hold eye contact for too long, Tallahassee, because then I might no. fall in love with you, and that is... It, that's in big bold letters in the contract it says big do bold, not fall in yes. love with Tallahassee Bingeworth you've also put that in Comic Sans for some reason <laughs> I did I did put it in Comic Sans I thought that was the standard contract to like font well I'm just glad you didn't use papyrus that's all I'm saying Randy I'd really struggle with that <laughs> you struggle with a lot don't you Tallahassee and, and, I'm a fragile man and that's why I like you and no more <laughs> <laughs> You're on the belt of this mysterious person. A spiky punk rock belt. They're wearing a wife beater, a very loose wife beater with a band. A, po- a Pokemon punk rock band. Tom, give me a Pokemon punk rock band. Um, the Muck Use. Great. The Muck Use emblazoned on the wife beater vest. Big spiky purple mohawk hair, nose piercing. And they are sneaking around the back of a prison car looking to find a window. They approach the window, and they knock three times. Tallulah! Tallulah, it's me! It's Rodri! Tallulah, you in there? Rod, what are you doing here, Rod? Well, breaking you out, babe. You're breaking me out? I'm, I, I told letting... you to save yourself back there at, in, in Big Town. Babe, I could never leave you. I can't think of living without you, and maybe I'm stupid, maybe I'm wrong, but... I've got to get you out. I, ain't, I, I, I don't care that the league is, 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 is hating on poker powers and poker power people. I don't care. I don't care if you could, if you can poop a lightning bolt, babe. I, I love you. Oh, well, that's good because I can do that. I can. Do <laughs> I, what, I know. I've seen it. I've seen it. That was a delicate way of me saying I don't care. All right. <laughs> Tallulah used discharge. Oh God! <laughs> oh God! Rod, you always said there were sparks between us, and now you know. Tulu, how many others are in there with you? They all look like kids. I mean, no, none of them look over 15. Well, we're only 17? How old are we? I'm 18, but I I think I'm the oldest one here. They're kids. That's, that's awful. They're going to the core. 
Yeah. They're not meant to put kids in the core. That's one they of put rules. kids in Core Junior. <laughs> <laughs> That's a separate quest we need to go on. We need to go on a quest Core Junior later on, okay? Tallulah, if we cause a disturbance, maybe we can break this prison car apart and then they won't be taking anyone to the core. You want me to discharge? I'm worried I might hurt the kids, though. I mean, not one of them. One of them's big, so it's probably a ground type. But hey. the others... <laughs> I was just pretending to be asleep. I love this guy. <laughs> what's what's your name, bud? Um, my name is uh, Farb. 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 I'm Farb. I've Farb. met you in the archipelago Islands. I think. Did, I think did I we? Heard of you did guys. we? I can't remember. I think we. Met, I think we met some fishermen called Farb and Blarb. <laughs> <laughs> How is this a recurring name? Well, that doesn't say much for my improv skills, does it? I'm just, I'm just double checking, Farb. Are you sure that's your name? Are you sure you want to stick yep, with Farb? I got, just I got, giving you the option. I got, uh, All right. I got set upon in the uh, Archipelago Islands. I was just fishing with my friend Blarb, who's also here. Say hi, Blarb. Hey, Farb. It's me, Blarb. <laughs> How old are you, Farb? Fourteen. Oh, Farb. I'm five. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we friends? Because Farb. You're still, you've been held back so many years We're in the same grade Oh, this is true Alright, listen Maybe you can get all the kids in there to cause some kind of disturbance Okay, everyone start crying And Tallulah punches Farb and Blarb Oh no Out of Farb's tears They're not regular tears It's more like a water gun, but spouting out of his eyes Big anime cries Like go little fountains It's literally that And Barb's, Barb's tears uh, start burning and stinging his cheeks, almost like they're acidic. Maybe, maybe Barb was the reason for the acid rain. That's <gasps> you, it's Blarb. Then he oh, should go to the core. Sorry, Blarb. <laughs> Send that child down. <laughs> <laughs> Said Theo from their belt. Okay, so everyone's starting to cry in that carriage. Great. Theo, this is what you see. You see Rodri take up position somewhere around the the cart, almost waiting for someone to come and investigate this disturbance. What do you do? I mean, I think Theo is, is a gog at the amount of idiocy that has uh, been on display <laughs> in this single carriage. I just think Theo's just like... Hey, I heard that. Unfortunately, this is not a new feeling for Theo. Nope. I think Theo... <laughs> When, when they were trying to break into the higher stakes prison in, in Formia, there'd be lots of high-intensity prisoners, some very important guards. Theo is amazed that basically we're back in the kindergarten carriage of the Nidorient Express. But um, fundamentally, they'll go with it. So Theo now realises that Rodri is a is a complicated person to be attached to. I would say the risk, the risk for you, Theo, to the plan in this moment, is that if there is a big disturbance and if prisoners break out, this prisoner caravan ain't going to the core. That's true. Yeah. So Theo is going to, in this situation, well, I can't believe Theo's about to cause a bunch of children to go to prison, but that's, actually, I can believe that. That does feel very <laughs> in with. That's the most Theo thing Theo's done so far on the pod. So I think what Theo is going to do is somehow apprehend, is going to apprehend Rodri and take them to the other people in charge in the tented area and basically go, look, quid pro quo, 
here's a here's a here's a snitch. Do me a favor. Great. So how are you attempting to incapacitate Rodri? I think Theo Theo doesn't know at this moment if they're going to be able to maximize anytime soon. Theo is going to try and so you said that Rodri is sort of drawn away while this commotion goes on. Yeah, it looks like Rodri is lying in wait to ambush whoever comes to investigate is the idea. Theo is going to maximize from their position on Rodri's belt and just <laughs> just rugby tackle them to the ground. Try and crush yeah, him. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, great, great. Okay, what is this uh what is this? Tough? Weird? Sharp? I feel like it's I feel like it's tough. Yeah. You're trying to crush great. him. Great, so I'm a plus one in tough, so that is two D six plus one. For an eight, mixed success. Maybe you re-maximize, but something is different about you. Tiny head. <laughs> Quite like tiny head. <laughs> oh, why the heck not? The shrunken head Theo. Theo has no idea. Magical. So Theo, you haven't you haven't run this through many times. You've done a little bit of minimize maximize training with Kanan up on the ship, but this is still fairly new to you. But you're buoyed with confidence from your fantastic minimizing. So you squeeze the muscles you meant to squeeze and re-energize and with that you twist your body with motion Rodri has no idea what to do suddenly it's like he's standing and then he's on the floor with the full weight of Theo on top of him Theo you are pinning him down and then you turn your head to look at Rodri his eyes are wide with terror oh my god oh my god what is going on now I'm gonna need you to be completely silent at this moment of time you're an aberration, what is going on? I, I wish that was the first time I... Oh, my voice is very high. Oh! <laughs> and Theo checks their hands, and they look pretty normal, so Theo's like, I guess it's a, a side consequence, can't be anything too serious going on here. Theo, as you're studying your own hands, an elite-looking trainer rounds the corner of the prisoner transport to check on this commotion. She has deep red plaited hair, knee-high leather boots, mill-tank skin tight pants, and a tanned waistcoat over a yellow shirt. A white Stetson hat hangs loosely around the back of her neck. Her complexion is freckled innocence, but the thick eyebrows and high cheekbones suggest a no-nonsense competence. A worn badge in the shape of a starmy adorns her lapel. It reads, Warden of the Core. This is Warden Vipen. And she's approaching you, Theo, agile fingers hovering around her poker belt. Well, 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 what is happening here? Hello there. Oh, sweet, sweet Arceus. Help me. She's, it's a monster. I, I have a lot of questions. And her hand goes towards her poker belt. I have a lot of questions. I've got a lot of answers for you. If you will just take me. You better start talking fast. I have apprehended here. A spy amongst your ranks. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is so distracting. What is wrong with your head? I, I mean, I haven't been... And in Theo's mind, they flash back to their mother asking the exact same question many, many times as a child. And it's, uh, it just, it just hurts. It just hurts. And Theo's like... I, I can't believe you'd ask me that question. It's, it's just... I thought I was fine. Uh, oh, the voice. Oh! And then Theo sort of touches touches the edges of the face and realises that it's I mean it's a it's a pinball head really at this stage of the game <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Warden Vipen releases a Magnazone Monty you go ahead be a dear and show show that uh, individual what is going on with the facial region Magnazone Magnazone flies up and shows you the reflective surface of their body oh, oh my 
quit smoking. Oh, um, I, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm a, I'm an acolyte of the Church of Sloking, and I was just practicing my minimized skills, which I studied at Surfloat, and um, I apprehended this, this person who's attempting to break prisoners out of one of the caravans. You're an acolyte, you say? That's odd. You're not wearing the traditional robes of the others in well, the camp. I was actually looking to, um, to join. I've, I've absconded from my local tower so I can come join the corps. All right. Well, so you've, you, what you've done there is you have changed your story very quickly, and I'm starting not to trust you, small-headed person. You, you, you'd be right not to trust her, said Rodri, piping up from below. This is a crazy, crazy person. I, I was, um, I was just going, taking, taking a whiz out back, and then they, they jumped on me with their weird head. You, you can't believe me. I'll tell you what's really freaky is the fact that this person here is trying to break out that caravan of children. And Theo inside is just going, oh, oh no. <laughs> it's trying to break out that caravan of children that you're trying to take to the core. They know somebody called Tallulah in there, and they're going to cause a distraction. I feel like we should roll. Oh, God, <laughs> Theo. <laughs> Theo, it's gone horribly wrong. Theo's web of lies. So you're rolling plus charm, Theo. <laughs> so I'm going to say take a minus one because of your strange shrunken head. It's a bit distracting. Well, lads, I was a zero in charm, and now I'm a minus one. So uh, let's, oh, see. No. let's see what happens oh. here. Oh, no. Oh, no. Three oh. plus two minus one for a four. Okay, you you and Rodri are squabbling like two bickering teens. Rodri is pointing at your weird shrunken head and you are desperately squealing in your high-pitched voice that you are to be listened to, but you've you've spun a web of lies here. You've said you were an acolyte, you're not wearing the robes, then you're saying you're trying to join. And Warden Vipen is the warden of the core and she is taking no bullshinks. And she just looks at you, looks at Monty the Magnazone, and it's just like, just throw them both in the car and... Monty the Magnazone uses magnet pull, gets the spiky belt of Rodri and something metallic attached to Theo. What's the what's the metallic thing that Magnazone magnet ring. pulls? Belly button ring. On Theo? Yeah. <laughs> A secret belly button ring. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Theo has a secret belly button ring that also gets Magnazoned. Magnazone throws you into the prisoner car. Kachunk. And in the bushes, Kenny and Brandy clap their hands and go, a job well done. Theo's in. <sighs> Genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kenny, Brandy, Tallahassee, you've just seen this go down. You're squatting in the bushes. You remain undetected. What do you do? Oh, Theo, that was amazing. They're they're in. That was brilliant. I can't believe they got in. It was so easy. Was that part of the plan? Well, I did think that Theo was going to try and impersonate someone from the church, but it looks like Theo improvised, which I'm impressed by, because Theo's normally terrible at that. I don't remember a shrunken head being part of the plan, but... I guess it must have been. I don't remember getting incarcerated as being part of the plan neither. Did Theo always have a high voice? No, and thinking about it, weren't we supposed to try to keep our Pokemon on us, which incarcerates and probably wouldn't let us do? Ah, uh, yes, look, that that floating magnet is, has got oh. Theo's Pokemon. Magnazone. You've been magnaponed. So... 
Plan B. It's Plan B. Plan Tallahassee. Plan Tallahassee. And then five minutes pass and we see Tallahassee's eyes just in the cart next to Theo blinking like (laughs) I got captured as well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a buddy comedy nobody asked for. (laughs) I kind of like that. I kind of like it. So, (laughs) yes, we say Plan Tallahassee and we cut straight to... Tallahassee in the prison car also blinking out with Theo. Right, I suppose it's I suppose it's plan C. Did you see the way she was looking at him? She was eyeing him up, wasn't she? Oh, oh I'm gonna kill her. Oh Brandy. I'm gonna kill her, that that sheriff lady. Warden Vipen has lit a cigarette over by the prisoner car and is smiling to herself, whistling a little tune. Brandy, I don't I don't want to make this worse, but I'm pretty sure I can see an infern cape draped over her shoulder in denim. She's stealing my look! <laughs> Okay, Brandy, new plan. You distract this very stylish, very attractive, uh, very southern lady and I'll go and rescue Theo and Tallahassee. And I suppose once we've done that, we need to sort of apprehend the acolytes because, I mean, that was the actual mission here. Oh, yeah. The warden being here, not part of the plan. So we're just going to have to adapt. But I think if we can get her to trust us, trust that maybe we are some backup because of some weird characters around to help transport the car to the core maybe that would work as Brandy's been saying very slowly her plan out loud what do you think sure it's worth a shot are you all right by the way Uh, uh, yeah i'm fine you know me i just last time i saw you i just looked over and you were sort of seeming to be surrounded by flame yeah brandy come on if you had a penny for every time you turned around and saw me in in constant flame you'd be a rich woman very, very true. Right, we're going to convince her that we're back up, Kenny. you got to look menacing, tough. intimidating, like a bruiser. Uh, like a tough guy. Uh, yep, good. More bass. Uh, <laughs> hello, Perfect. I'm Kenneth Mullet. That's the voice. Okay. I guess we approach this uh, this warden. So you're approaching Warden Vipen. Yeah. Okay, as I said, I think she's got a banjo out. <laughs> She's just strumming. She's full on embracing the stereotype now. She's playing dueling banjos on the stoop of this prisoner car. She's having a little smoke. She's playing a little tune. And she sees two figures approaching from the shadows. Did she throw um she throw punk rocker Rodri in as well? Oh yeah, everyone. It's basically in there. her and these two acolytes, but they're asleep in their tent. That we know of, yeah. yeah. Sure. She murdered them too. <laughs> what do you think the banjo's made of? <laughs> oh god. Brandy walks up with her ruler sword out. Kenny walks out with a ruler out. I say, I say, stop where you are. Identify yourself. Identify yourself. The name's Brandy. Brandy Flash. I'm Warden Vipen of the Corps, and I don't know who you are, and I've had enough trespassing and enough weirdness tonight to throw you back in this cell Straight up, unless you explain to me right now why you're here. Are you are you part of that Helsing militia? Brandy um, puts the ruler sword away and goes, Oh, Warden, thanks, Slow King, you're okay. We were sent here to give extra protection to the car. I mean, we know, you know, you were here, but we uh, heard that, yeah, with all the Helsing militia, weird characters around. My associate here heard on the grapevine uh. that there were um, people with tiny heads running around, causing all sorts of havoc. Yes, we did have a person with a tiny head. I just assumed they were some weird poker pad, some kind of shuckle power. Yeah, they've, the thing about the small-headed people is that they have the intelligence of a shuckle. That would explain a lot. That would explain a lot <laughs> about how that interaction went down. You notice Magnazone circling around you, Brandy, and you feel a magnetic pull on the katana, as if Magnazone is kind of trying to surreptitiously disarm you. I, c- 
can feel you there, Mr. Magnazone. I do believe that you have approached me with a sword. Oh, no problem. No problem. I'm just here to defend. Well, maybe you want to put the sword down or I will take it off you. I let it go. Magnazone. Are you with the league? Yeah, we're with, with the Pokemon League and I flashed the Exo badge. That's right. I've got the Exo badge. I think you need to roll, Brandy. What's my charm? My charm is plus one. Not good. Not good at all. <laughs> oh, dear. It is a five. It is a five total. What if Warden Vipen recognises Kenny from the footage in the Pokemon Stadium in the High Dragon fight? Recognises Kenny as that person? Because we did say that that footage was broadcast. This is good, Stu. I like this. And is and is recognised and identified, and that's why you fail. Who is who is that next to you? This is my comrade. Um, comrade? Yeah, comrade. Girl. You better do what she says. You do know that that is a dangerous wanted person. A dangerous wanted poker power person, I might add. Oh, me? Poker power? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Could a poker power person say girl? I don't think so. You were broadcast on television at the Pokemon League in the Hydreigon demonstration. I remember, I remember you. Yeah, I remember, Mim. <laughs> you had an outburst at the stadium. <laughs> no, I didn't. That's... Yes, you did. You, you, you... I have a very recognisable face. It's not, um... You think you can pull the wooloo over my eyes? I am Warden Vipen of the Corps, and I know a dangerous criminal when I see one. I think as she ramps up the pressure on Kenny, maybe a little bit of that sort of outburst... Starts to sort of fizzle off off of his shoulders and uh, oh, that's cool. What does that look like, Ali? Purpley black sort of tendrils uh, snake out of like random parts of his body. They're not string. They're more like flames. Amazing. And in the back of your mind, Kenny, you hear echoing Frey's voice. Wouldn't it be nice if you could control it? Oh, twisting as that these knife. tendrils are coming out of you. And she looks to you, Brandy. You telling me that's safe? You telling me that is normal? Don't speak about him like that. And she's gonna charge at the warden. I think at this point, Kenny fires off like a blast of black purpley energy at Magnazone. So Kenny fires off this dark pulse. It's desperate. It's an attempt to affect the scene in some positive manner. Warden Vibin just sidesteps it and it fires into the trees behind and there's a dull as it explodes somewhere deep within the forest. Brandy charges toward Warden Vipen, but her slow legs don't carry her nearly quick as Magnazone, and Brandy has to screech on her heels as Magnazone, who has lifted the katana from her, just holds it out in front as if she would run any further, she would run into her own katana. Warden Vipen steps carefully and slowly towards you both. The spurs, the round-spoked spurs of her boots clicking and clacking as she steps. She throws a cigarette to the ground stumps on it. She looks at you, Brandy. Well, you, you can go in the regular car with the rest of them. You were looking at my boyfriend, weren't you? I saw you. I saw you. Don't you Don't you think this is over? Oh, you mean the tasty piece of meat in the distressed jeans? Dare you speak of him like that. He's my tasty piece of meat. And you, she looks at you, Kenny. I think we've got a more special deserving place for someone like you. Why do I think that's not as lovely as it sounds? We cut to Brandy being thrown unceremoniously into the prison car with Theo... Tallahassee Bingeworth, Tallulah, Rodri, Blab and Flab. She hits the ground with a thunk, but there's a slight glimmer of hope in that she's with people that she knows and trusts. Kenny, you on the other hand are taken to your own container. Warden Vipen places you in more serious restraints. It's far more dehumanizing. And she looks you in the eyes. You are dangerous. 
and you need to act more responsibly. Well, you shouldn't smoke. She closes a large, heavy door. <laughs> Kenny, you're alone. At least you think you are. There's a bit of moonlight glimmering through the window, and a little bit of the flame from the Everburn tree still flickers in. And this flame illuminates just enough to see the other side of this max security car. And you see a shadowy figure and the glint of an eye taking in their new companion. There we go, the end of the first episode of our new arc, Rock Slide. And you know what they say, there are three things in life that are totally inevitable. A shiny Voltor will use Explosion in its first turn, you will give up on your black and white run before Zvilus evolves, and Asa Floatzel will be captured in the first episode of a new arc. Yeah. A couple of mild apologies for some of the sound quality in this episode. We had a bit of trouble with a couple of the audio tracks being a bit peaky. We tried to salvage it as best we could. Hope it was okay for you guys. If not, you know how to blame. Wisma. Wisma. No, Wisma, I deliberately did not edit a cameo in for you this episode. We've given you too much power already. Too much cover. Get no. In the box. Okay. All right, that that should do it. Yeah, definitely won't hear from them again. Thank you, of course, to the creators of Pokemon Satoshi Tajiri and Junichi Masuda. We, of course, are not affiliated with the Pokemon Company or Game Freak. We are a fan-made podcast and we are not for profit. Big thank yous with the music this episode. We have, of course, Glitch X City, Braxton Burks and Materia Collective and a new YouTube channel that I want to highlight today called Zame, who I use some tracks from. So thank you, Zame. Really, really cool YouTube channel there. Some fantastic remixes. I really, really recommend you go and check out Zame. Z-A-M-E. Zame. And of course, where would we be without our patrons? Patreons? Pa- Patronies? Patrons. New patron this month, Carrie Morrison, coming in at the Pokemon Champion tier. Thank you so much, Carrie. Your support means everything. As well, of course, thank you to Atlas Moth. Thank you to Scott M. Thank you to Dr. Mega Man PhD. Thank you to Haikili. Thank you to Kaikopin Cosplay. Thank you to Big Fat Nuke. Thank you to Jonah Jackson. Thank you to Trigula, aka Aurora. Thank you to Josh Anderson. Thank you to Alchemage. Thank you to Cesar Trevino, aka Smam. Thank you to Force Majeure. Thank you to GGT. Thank you to Cranton Creations. Thank you to Eric Eichinger, aka Glaren. No, that was too much Blottle Shop. Hang on, let me try again. Glaren. That's better. Thank you to Millamoy. Thank you to Ginny Voss. And thank you to Alasdair Collinson. Thank you all. As I said, support means everything. And thank you to the players. Thank you to David, Tom, Ali for being the best improv partners and players I could possibly wish for. That's it for this week then. Tune in in two weeks time to find out whether Kenny is locked in with someone or they're locked in with him. Yeah, it could be, could be a watchman situation. But until then, remember, adventure is out there. You just got to step in the tall grass.
and they knock three times. No, that was four. <laughs> Hang on. Right, well, that's the bit at the end. That oh, we do. God. <laughs> it's like the friends clap. Is it? I think that's what right. is. Oh, Who knows? Did, uh,